0: This day is, and it is, but it's not because little Howard has been here for 30 years as pastor of this church. As I said in my prayer, this is, this is not my day, this is the Lord's day. And every, well, we say Sunday is the Lord's day. Every day to a Christian is the Lord's day, or it's supposed to be. And I thought, what in the world am I going to preach a special message? And I came up with <clears throat> with something that I've already preached here. Uh, I also preached it at Pearson once and at Barberville at least once. And uh, But I was thinking of <clears throat> the old uh, Dr. E.V. Hill, uh, a black preacher who said that, he had promised the Lord that he would never preach a sermon twice. And he said it came up Saturday, and Saturday afternoon, he said I was running dry. He said I didn't have a thing, and I was scared. And so I went to my uh, college, uh, Bible college professor, and he said, uh, told him the situation. And the professor said, Well, why don't you just preach one of your old sermons? He said, No, he said, I promised the Lord that I wouldn't do that. And he said, Well, he said, You know, I believe that God has got enough wisdom to not pay a whole lot of attention to some of the things that we say. <laughs> and so he said, uh, When you preached it, he said, Half of the people were not there that heard it before. And he said, out of that half that did hear it, half of them don't remember it. And out of those who do remember it, half of them don't care. So he said, you're only dealing with about 10%. So go ahead and preach it. Well, we sung a lot of songs here that we've sung before, haven't we? We never wear them out. They never grow old. And I accept some of the ones that we tried to sing as a special, we, we don't sing them all the time. But uh, anyway, we made it through it. And so I'm, uh, if you want to turn to it, I'm in the book of Romans today, the first chapter. And uh, I'm reading the uh, beginning at verse 14, where Paul said, and I'm going to have to hurry. I didn't bring any notes with me. And so I figured that would cut down on the time. But it don't always do that anyway, does it? He said, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Now, you know, if we understood what that verse said, uh, some of you might not be uh, above throwing a songbook up in there and shouting, praise the Lord. Because that has not always been so. But I wanted, I'm just going to take these a verse at a time. Paul said, I am debtor. Uh, Paul, who are you in debt to? Who are you and I in debt to? Well, if you go back up to verse 1, he said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. So Paul was a servant. He was a bondslave of Jesus Christ. You and I are too. Paul was Saul of Tarsus. He was on the road to Damascus with, with arrest warrants to bring Christians back that he found there, back to Jerusalem to be tried, to be persecuted, and some of them probably executed. But uh, while he was on the road to Damascus, he, he ran head on. With the Lord Jesus Christ, with the resurrected Christ, and He said that He, the Bible says, He saw a blinding light that made Him blind. God had to send old uh, who was it, Ananias, over there to touch Him and to heal Him. Ananias said, "Lord, have you ever heard of Saul of Tarsus? He's the one that's persecuting Christians. He's a he's a he's a mean fellow. and you won't." You want me to go and touch him? Paul's, uh, the Lord said, don't worry about it. He's a chosen vessel for me. Did you know you're a chosen vessel for the Lord? Uh, in whatever area He has put you, you are a chosen vessel. And just as that same Jesus uh, called Paul, He has called you. He's called me. He's put us here. For a purpose. So Paul said, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. I am a bond slave uh, to the Lord Jesus. In one place uh, he said, What know you not? That you are not your own, that you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is the Lord's. He was saying He has the title deed to you. He is your boss. Sometimes we we say uh, it's my life. I'm gonna live it the way I want to. You ever heard that before? Have you ever said that before? Yes, we have. Uh, not not to where my parents could hear it, but I've said it a few times myself. I'm gonna live my life the way I want to. But God says, Nah, no, it's not your life. It's my life. Why? because I bought you. I paid for you. I came and died on that old rugged cross outside of Jerusalem. I was pierced. I was striped with the cat of nine tails. I was scourged. And all of that, when they pierced my side, outpoured the water and the blood for your cleansing and for your healing, I died there taking your place because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. And I died for you. I took your place on the cross. Oh, what a debt. What a debt we owe to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything you are, you owe to Him. All your your salvation, the blessings that He brought, with salvation is all because of him. So Paul was a servant of Jesus Christ. He says, I am debtor. And then he said both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and the unwise. That pretty well, especially that unwise, that takes me in. (laughs) The Greeks and the barbarians, did you know that when Jesus was here on earth. The Gentiles did not hear the gospel. When he sent the disciples out, he said, Go not to the Gentiles, but to the house of Israel. And they were preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, and they were baptized through John the Baptist's baptism, uh, a baptism unto repentance, uh, because the gospel of the kingdom was at hand Uh, when the Lord would come and rule and reign on the earth for a thousand years. We don't preach the gospel of the kingdom today. Why? Because we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a difference. In the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, it's not just to the Jews, but it includes the Greeks and the barbarians. It includes the wise, and it includes the unwise. That's everybody is taken in with the gospel of Christ. We don't have to keep the law. We're not saved by the law. And it's pictured for us in the parable of the uh, prodigal son. Uh, When he was coming home, remember there was two sons. One stayed uh, at home and he did the father's bidding. He carried out every rule, every law that the father had to work the farm, to stay at home. He was faithful uh, and he was a picture of the Jewish nation. But this prodigal, he went out and he wasted his inheritance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, he lost all of his friends, and he would have ate the, the slop that was being fed to the hogs, but nobody would give it to him. And so he came to himself. He realized he was lost. Did you know that Jesus Christ came in the world to save what? Sinners. If you don't have any sin, you can't be saved. And you do have sin, but a lot of folks don't know it. They know I'm a sinner. They know Chris is a sinner and maybe Kevin, not Becky, but but Kevin (laughs) is a sinner. They probably know that But when it comes to turning the eyes this direction, well, that's not all that bad. What I do is not as bad as what they do. And so they can't be saved because they don't realize they're lost. But that old boy, boy, he he realized, he said, you know what? Uh, the servants at my father's house is a whole lot better off than I am. Here I am, I'm his son, and I've lost everything. I've sinned against my father. And so I imagine he uh, he threw down that slop bucket and he put one hand on that old split, split rail fence and he just sailed right over it and, uh, and started home. And when he got home, he decided that he wasn't going to ask to be restored to his sonship. He just wanted to be a servant. And that father met him. He wouldn't even hear the confession that the son made. And he said, just bring the best robe and put on him and bring shoes for his feet. For this my son was dead. And now he's alive kill the fatted calf and let's rejoice. And that older brother got mad. He said, and I know he said, (laughs) I ain't. They were from the south. They said, you ain't ever killed a fatted calf for me. And the father said, you've always been with me. And you can have a fatted calf anytime you want it. But he was there symbolically keeping his Father's will, keeping the commandments. But here this this vagabond, (laughs) this this stray, he came home not having anything to offer God. Or the Father, I meant to say. And you know, that's the way we were when we were saved. We, We came without, you know, we had empty hands. We couldn't offer him anything, but he met us and said let's uh, let's put a robe on him that's the robe the righteousness of Jesus Christ let's clothe him with the righteousness of Christ and let's put the ring of adoption on on his finger and make him a child of God let's let's resurrect him from the dead he he was dead but but let's Let's resurrect him. Let's put some life in him. Oh, what a debt we owe to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was the the gospel that Paul preached was the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He wasn't preaching the gospel of the kingdom, but he was preaching the gospel of Christ. That's the gospel that we preach. He said, I'm debtor. The Greeks, the barbarians, the wise and the unwise. You and I are too. Uh, When he sent the disciples out, he said, just go to the house of Israel. But when he sends us out, he said, start at Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. He told them, don't go into Samaria. But he tells us, go into Samaria. And then the uttermost parts of the world, the uttermost is from Crescent City all the way down to Deland. That's uttermost. I was going to say Seville, but then I thought <laughs> I thought maybe somebody might be in here from Seville. <laughs> but, but really, it don't matter where geographically uttermost is. You are uttermost. And I'm glad that the Bible says that He's able to save to the uttermost and I used to have one pastor called it guttermost. Guttermost. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, he's able to save you. And he sends his Holy Spirit as a testimony, as a witness, to bring you home. What a debt we owe the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 15, he said, So as much as in me is, I am ready. I'm ready. Verse 14, he said, I'm deader. And verse 15, he says, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And he says, as much as in me is. You know what that means? That means 100%. Somebody said it a little bit ago about old age. Now we, and I do it too, And we realize the older we get, the less we can do. But no matter what you can or cannot do, you still have 100%. Your 100% may not be what it was when you were 18. And it's not. Your 100% may not be what it was when you were 40. But, when you're 80, Brother Dave, you still have 100 percent, but it's just not as it's just not as great as 100 percent was 40 years ago. And I'm right behind you, just real close. And I realize all the time I can't do. What I used to could do. I thank God for Richie, uh, that's able to take up some slack, and Travis back there, and Daniel. Uh, They they uh, have them up here preaching sometimes, and they teach me. And uh, uh, you know they they may feel like they don't have it all, and that's a good thing, because if you think you got it, you're gonna leave out somebody. That's the Holy Spirit. You're going to leave Him out. You're going to be thinking, well, I don't need Him. You know, I have arrived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when you fall flat of your face. So He says, as much as in me is. what it, What is it that you've got that maybe you're holding back on God? You may be looking at someone else and saying, I, I can't do that. I can't do like He does. You know, there's a whole lot of people in the world that I can't do like they do. Uh, I don't have their gift. Or I don't have their talent. But as much as in me is, and I hope you'll say that today, as much as in me is, I'm ready. I am ready. If God asks you today, to just sell out. Whatever you have here, just sell out and go to the middle of Mexico and live in poverty and preach the gospel. Are you ready? Are you ready? Suppose he says, you don't have to sell out. You don't have to quit your business. But I want you to go to your neighbor over here and preach the gospel. Could you say as much as in as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also? Now Paul Paul wasn't talking about going there and preaching to the Christians, to the church, to the believers that are there. He was talking about the pagans. I'm ready to preach to the pagans at Rome. Rome was a great persecutor of Christians. One of the churches in Revelations, I I can't think of which one it was just offhand, but he said, "Ye shall have tribulation ten days. Now he wasn't talking to the Word of Faith Bible Church. He was talking to that church in that era of time. And those ten days were ten periods of time that the church would suffer persecution under ten emperors, uh, all the way from Nero to, I think the fellow's name was Diocletian. And uh, so they had persecution. And when I say persecution, I'm not talking about just somebody going behind your back and saying, Hey, did you hear what old brother Howard did, or did you hear what he said? Or do you know that church down there, Word of Faith Bible Church? Blah 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 blah. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about literal persecution. I'm talking about beatings. I'm talking about stripes. They would they would put Christians on a stake and drive that stake up near the near the water near the ocean on low tide and then leave them there, and when high tide come in, they would drown. John uh, was banished to the isle of Patmos as a means of persecution, but before he went to Patmos, he was covered with oil, uh, or put in a, a, I, I think it was, I'm going to say a barrel. I don't know what it was. A big Remember those old cast iron kettles? It might have been something like that. And he was put in there and they tried to boil him alive. But you know what? It failed. They did not succeed and they sent him to the Isle of Patmos. Peter was crucified upside down. Uh, all of the, the disciples, the original apostles, were, were martyred. For Jesus Christ. And Paul was martyred. He said to Timothy, I'm now ready to be offered. He was out of prison in Rome and he said, I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to live if that's God's will, and I'm ready to die. The time of my departure is at hand. And I just imagine that old guard coming in there one day and saying, Paul, it's time. Uh, He went to the guillotine. They chopped his head off. But he said, Paul, it's time. And Paul said, okay, I'm ready. Uh, You're not afraid, Paul? No, I'm not afraid. I die daily. I die daily. And the life that I live is not my life. It's Christ living in me. And I imagine he he just witnessed that old guard that was taking him to the guillotine and said, you know, did I ever tell you what happened to me when I was on the road to Damascus? No, you never told me, Paul. What happened? Well, I saw the Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up, and He was so glorious that He blinded my eyes, and He called me as a minister to the Gentiles. By the way, are you a Gentile? <laughs> uh, anyway, I thank God for Paul because even though we didn't live in that era of time, uh, we are Gentiles. Most of us are, I suppose. And Paul was a debtor. He was, he was the, uh, the one chosen to go to the Gentiles. And man, what a job he did. As much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And then verse 16, he said, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are you? Are you ashamed to witness? You go to work every day. Some of you do. Do those at work know that you're a child of God? Did they know that you're saved? Have you ever told them of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that He was was, uh, crucified, that He was buried, and that He arose again for their salvation, and that salvation is by faith? Uh, Titus says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by His mercy. He saved us. Somebody would say, oh, you got to repent. Of what? And they would say, well, every sin. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many of you sitting here can tell me honestly that you have repented of every single sin in your life? I can't. I don't even know what half of them were or when I did it. But there was one sin that's a condemning sin that'll send you to hell, and that is the sin of unbelief. John 3, 18. That's the only sin that'll send you to hell is unbelief. And so when you're saved, you have repented. And when you repent, you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Now I'm not saying that you should not repent of all known sin. Yes, you should. But not in order to be saved. Do it because you are saved. Do it because you are a child of God. The book of John is what we call the great... I'm talking about the Gospel of John, the great salvation uh, uh, book in the Bible. There's more verses in there that tells you how to be saved than any other book. And you will not find the word repent in the book of John. not there. Should we repent? Yes. Because you're saved. Not in order to be saved. In order to be saved, you should believe. John said to the Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I've already gone over time. But uh, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it Is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, It's not church membership. It's not baptism. It's not turning over a new leaf. It's not keeping the law. It's believing the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. Place your faith in Him. I like what the old songwriter said. uh, I can't think of his name. at, At the cross. And he said, but drops of grief can I repay. The debt of love I owe. And then he said, here Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. That's all I have to give is just myself. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it has a great purpose. And that purpose is salvation. And it can save the lost. It saved me. And if it can save a wretch like me, it can save any wretch, (laughs) a wretch like you. There's no limit to the power of the gospel. And I thank God, you know, for the number of years, you know, I've preached the gospel here for 30 years. Been your pastor for 30 years, but there was several years before that I think I was 30 years old when I answered the call to the ministry. So what would that make? 49 years. Uh, And if the Lord tarries, I hope that somebody said, I hope you're here another 30 years. Well, boy, that would be something. I'd be 109 years old. (laughs) But uh, I don't... You know, the Lord knows how long I've got left and I don't. And I'm glad He fixed it that way. But one thing, I hope He comes. I hope that old trumpet will sound long before 30 years is up. And just calls us out of here. Come on up. And then the Gospel of the Kingdom will be preached again but to the Jews. They'll go back to preaching that gospel. But anyhow, i got I got to hush. But if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, let me tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ paid your sin debt. But it's up to you whether you receive it or whether you reject it. I had a fellow... This, well, actually, he was a... I don't know what he was. He... Called on my phone this week and it said spam alert. So I, and I usually don't answer them, but this time I did. And whenever he said, How are you? I said, Man, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. I said, Have you ever heard the story of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sin and paying your sin debt? And of course, that angered him, I guess. He said, do you know there's a hell? And I said, yeah, because Jesus said there was a hell. Do you know there's a heaven? I said, yes. He said, where is it? I said, that's where I'm going when I I leave here. I know there's a heaven. It's up in the northern sky. Because it's up. No matter where you're at on the globe, if you go up, that's north.